Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we're hanging out with Brett Linkletter, who is the CEO and founder of Misfit Media. He has an aggressive willingness to take on new challenges and a strong understanding of scaling a business from scratch. His vision is to disrupt the restaurant marketing space by empowering business owners with predictable, scalable marketing strategies so they can grow their business based on insights and data versus guesswork and course correction. Brett's specialty lies in creative content creation, brand messaging, social media growth hacking, and business development. His biggest role model and lifetime hero is his great-grandfather, Art Linkletter, who was a famous TV personality and businessman. Brett, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Well, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. So uh, great to have you here. And uh, why don't you, for our audience, paint us a picture of what Misfit Media looks like today? How many people are in your agency? How many clients do you have? Uh, we mentioned in, in the intro that you're, you're focused on the restaurant space. So give us a little bit of uh, texture to that. Yeah. So um, Misfit Media uh, is a direct response restaurant marketing agency. Basically, what that means is everything we do at our agency is, number one, only in the restaurant space. And then number two, every single service or program we offer is designed to get a direct response from restaurant customers. Um, we don't do any kind of brand slash creative work. Everything is about ROI. That's that's the number one thing we look for for the clients. Obviously, you invest in marketing programs. The goal is to make an ROI. Right? That's that's always the goal of marketing, right? You put more money in your marketing, you, you want to make money back, right? So that's all we do. That's all we focus on. Um, we currently have a team of about 12 right now. We're based in Culver City, California, in Los Angeles. And um, obviously, COVID was extremely difficult for us, as you can imagine. But it was... an amazing opportunity to learn so much about what we do, really master our craft. And also it was interesting for us because we actually never did takeout and delivery online ordering as an offer or as, as part of our programs. Now, as you can imagine, it's, it's been the bulk of what we offer now. So huge learning experience for us overall. Recently, I was reading something uh, from Yelp that said, and I can't remember the exact stat, but it's in the ballpark of Yelp said that the restaurants that you know temporarily closed down because of COVID, something like 40 or 60%, like a huge chunk of them, they don't anticipate actually reopening ever. Like they're closed permanently. So when I hear that you're in this restaurant niche, I'm thinking, what was, you know, first of all, what was that like few weeks like when this all hit? I mean, were your clients just calling in, like asking to cancel or were they asking you to help them pivot? What was the conversation in those first few weeks uh, after COVID really broke in late March? I mean, man, it was, it was brutal. So <laughs> when late March, when all this broke, um, I would say about 30% of our clientele just canceled their credit cards um, stop talking to us. And honestly, I haven't heard back from them since. It's really sad. It's really unfortunate. I would say about another, call it 
wanted to go on like a pause or cancel. So right, right then and there, right, we, we basically lost half our clientele right at the beginning of COVID. And as you can imagine, that was extremely difficult for us to deal with all of a sudden. Like, I mean, it was literally like we're, 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 we're one place one day and the very next day we're another, right? Cut in half, essentially. Now, that was brutal. But what's really interesting about the space, what I've noticed, right, is, look, COVID's been extremely difficult for restaurants. But for those who have found a way to make it work, it's opened up an insane amount of opportunities, right? I mean, think about it, right? Let's just say half the competition has gone away. Well, there's still the same amount of people that have to eat in your area, right? And if that's the case, well, suddenly now you have a lot of opportunities, right? I mean, the, I'll tell you this. The number one problem I hear people say of the problem in the restaurant space is one, competition, and then two, I don't know if my marketing is working. So, okay, COVID hit. So all of a sudden, there's half the competition. And then you still have us as an agency. And we're arguably, I think, and I would, if, uh, if I say so myself, I think we're one of the you best agencies brag. in the planet that serves restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, I think we're, we're, we're really good at what we do. And so, the clients that have stuck with us and really pushed through this, we, we've seen some pretty amazing stories. I mean, I don't want to say names because to be honest, a lot of them ask me not to say their names on, on camera or on podcast or whatever the case, but we have some clients that are actually up over 30% during this time. So that's incredible. I mean, that, that, that was something that normally in the restaurant space, you can look at, let's say 10 to maybe 15% per year growth if you're doing well. Okay. That's what a, a lot strive for. Okay. But to see a 30% jump in a few short months because of a global pandemic, that's absurd, right? I mean, no one would have guessed that coming. But the, the truth of the matter is when most of the competition goes away, a lot of opportunities open up. Not just that, but for those who were ready for this, not ready for this necessarily, but let's just say they were, they were already looking into takeout and delivery as an option for them and really pushing that that they're doing fantastic right now. So it, it really depends how you approach the situation, honestly. I think that's such a important thing to bring light to that if all of these businesses are closing, it's really easy to get caught up in that negative narrative and realizing, I mean, and, and I don't want to discount the hardship of those business owners. I mean, I've read a ton of profiles of businesses that I've been frequently frequenting that have gone out of business, but you know, they are, you know, they, when they go out of business, that does mean that for the other businesses that are still there, like, it's not like those customers disappeared. Like maybe they lost 30% of their business or whatever, and that was enough to push them out. But then that 70% of business that was going to that restaurant, like it's going to go someplace else. It doesn't just disappear. Those people don't, you know, just stop eating out and that you've been able to help your clients that stayed to potentially capture that is is really huge. I mean, how do you, did you guys internally have to sit down and kind of get your head straight? Because I mean, I imagine losing 50% of your clients, I mean, it would have been easy to start telling yourself a really negative narrative that we're not going to make it or we're not going to you know survive as a business and then kind of let that lead. I mean, how did you stay in a positive frame during that the, the, those few weeks? So for me, I, um, I'm one of those people that, that really embraces something like this. I'm the kind of person where when things get tough, I go even harder. I mean, I, I genuinely really, really deeply love what I do. And when problems happen, I'm not the person that frees up on the per freezes up on the person that, that goes even harder into it. So for instance, this all happened, right? It's almost like I stepped into another gear, another mental gear where I really, really, really had to buckle down and fix this situation. 
I feel like when you, when you're building a business, at least for me, like I've already been through so many speed bumps as we call it, that this was just another speed bump for us. Like it's almost funny, like me and my partner, Jace, we were actively searching for problems in our business before they exist all the time. And the reason, and if we don't have an issue in our, in our business, then we're not growing fast enough. That's just the case. I think any business, as you're growing, you're going to encounter problems. You have to expect the problems like you expect the rain, right? So yeah, this was a, this was a very, very big speed bump, bigger than the average, right? But again, this is just kind of, I guess, in our nature, how we, how we react in our business. Now, yeah, when it happened though, it was brutal. We had to let some employees go. We had to give our employees that were with us even, even more work than they were used to. Um, I had to get on the phone with, with probably 15 to 20 different clients a day and talk them through what, what's going on, the changes we're going to make, the changes in our service offering, the messaging we had to make. I mean, I was going to launch a book in March. We, were, we wrote a book last year on restaurant marketing. The problem with this book though, is it's all about in-store dining. It's all about using digital marketing methods to bring customers <laughs> in-store. So this thing happens. I don't like, mean to laugh, dude. I'm sorry. I just could imagine. No, it's, no but it is, it is funny though, because it's like, man, I, I, I had this book, man. I was going to launch this book and I can't, I look like an idiot now if I, if I launched that book. So it's like, you know, a lot of things went on pause. And so we're actually launching our book in about a month from now. It's called Misfit Marketing for Restaurants. And, um, you know, we're, we're really excited about that. But we, we had to really adjust our strategy. I mean, our whole website, our whole service offering was structured on in-store dining. It was one of our catchphrases is we turn web traffic into foot traffic. I mean, everything was about that. So this happened. It wasn't just talking to my clients about the situations. It was fixing our services. It was adjusting our services. It was putting things that we were going to launch on hold. But also, it's it's almost... It's almost also you have to be you have to be the motivator for your clients and your employees because as a business leader, people are going to look to you like what what, what do we do like what what is the option now what what is next steps and everyone's looking to you and oftentimes you know as a CEO you don't, you don't have all the answers right but you have to make your best moves you can and I mean I I, I spoke to people in in their sixties and early seventies restaurant owners who you know, it, it was sad. They're almost, you know, breaking down in tears of like, I've been in this business for 30 years, man. And I don't know what to do. I, I, you know, I have a staff of 40 people that are looking to me. I, I have no answers. Like w- really what we can, what can we do here? I mean, people start asking me questions too. I mean, we're a digital marketing agency for restaurants. We help restaurants get customers through digital marketing methods, but I'm not a restaurant tour. They're asking me questions like, Takeout and delivery, you know, what are, what do you recommend for packaging? I'm like, dude, I have no idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so basically what I did though is this, which is really big for us. And and I have to, I have to um we got this from one of one of our business coaches, Mike Arcy, who's who's just an amazing agency owner. But he recommended that, you know, we should start a Facebook group for our clients. And we've always wanted to do that. But I'll tell you, from starting that Facebook group, we put all our clients in the group. It is by far the best way to communicate with your clients through this group because whenever you want to make an announcement about any changes in your agency, rather than send out an email blast, you can go live in your group. Or whenever someone has a question, they can post the group, but also other people that are clients of ours can answer. So if someone asks about good packaging for takeout delivery, it's not like, uh, I don't know. It's someone else can answer. Someone else is an expert in that area that can help. And together as a community, we can all grow. So it's, I think it's leveraging that, which has been huge for us, especially the last few months. So that, that was really, really big. So speaking of 
of books. And, and first of all, congrats on doing a book and then redoing the book and getting close to launching that. That obviously, with everything else you have going on, doing 15 to 20 clients a day, repivoting your business, dealing with the losing almost half of your business. I mean, that's a lot of stuff in the last few months. But I'm actually in the process um, and I've been working on my book for the last couple of years and it's going to be coming out here pretty soon. And a lot of it is on this idea of kind of choosing a niche, owning that market, like going all in on that. And yeah, and I had some, you know, some some doubts. Like, right? is this, you know, is this the right thing right now? When it first, when this all first happened, because I did see some niches and some markets get incredibly impacted, and I had people reach out to me and say, "Well, Brent, you know, obviously, you know, niching is wrong because if you niche, then you're all in on something, and you're going to get decimated if there's a, a swing in a market." And and I started to believe that for a little bit. And then I started talking to my clients and I started looking to see who was really hardcore niched and who had authority in their markets. And what, what we found was the people that really had authority knew the markets really well that were greatly impacted. Everybody started to look to them. I mean, exactly what you're saying, right? Like they started mm-hmm. to look to them and say, hey, what do we do? And some of them, while their revenue has been impacted in the short term, their market authority has multiplied. Like they've been getting more leads and more inquiries than ever before. Have you guys found something similar for you over the last couple of months that you are? I mean, you're in like one of the markets that has been most impacted. And, you know, have you found there is silver lining for you? Maybe not short term revenue, but like in terms of your exposure and your opportunity that's starting to show up? You mean silver lining in being niche in general? During this time? Yeah, for you guys being hyper niched, your only restaurants, and you literally, like, I can't think of any market that has been impacted more than you. Well, I would say also that another market is, is the, the fitness space, right? Gyms. Right. Fitness studios. I mean, I, I would say they're, they're hit even harder because, man, I mean, they, they can't even operate their business. At least restaurants, they can do takeout and delivery, right? Hey, you know, dine in, maybe you can't do that, but at least you can take a delivery. I mean, think about these gyms, right? Some of these gyms, they literally can't operate. So, what people are doing in that space, is they're doing virtual right. um, sessions, right? But to answer your question, I, I would say any agency starting out today, you, you have to pick a niche because here, here's, here's the truth of the matter. It's going back even more. You can't be an expert at everything, right? I, and when I started my agency, I was, I was good at everything. I, I was good at e-commerce. I was good at working with fitness studios. I was good at man, we even had med spas as kind. We were selling Botox. Like we, we did all kinds of stuff. <laughs> we were good at everything, but we weren't really great at anything. Okay. So, and, and also at that time, I mean, my agency was, was barely doing 200, 300,000 a year until we niched down. We didn't break seven figures, right? There was, there was no way. Our service just wasn't that great. It, it was good. But it wasn't great, right? It, it, it was a nice to have, but not a need to have service, right? I think we're becoming more and more of a need to have service. And so- I mean, when you are niche, I mean, I'll tell you this, every single call we get on, someone says, I really like that. Well, to every, every call they say, I, I like that you guys are restaurant niche. And then, uh, you know, a lot of people do like our name too, Misfit Media, which I'm really excited about. Sometimes people get on the phone, they're like, I, I'm here because I want to be with the Misfits. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's kind of cool. But I, I would say you, you got to pick a niche because- there, there's so many details about specific industries that you'll learn that you would never learn unless you went niche. Like for instance, for me in the restaurant space, you know, I never knew this, but when I first started getting into it, everyone starts, a term they use in the space a lot is, is let's get butts in seats. It's just like general restaurant yeah. you know, jargon. <laughs> it's their thing. I never knew that. I didn't know what front house and back house meant. 
you know, I didn't, I didn't know anything about the third-party apps and, and, and the fees that they take. And I didn't know anything about, you know, so many aspects and how terrible the online ordering space was. And so just the deeper you go into this space, the more opportunities open up. So for instance, when we first got in this space, we did the general marketing approach. Hey, let's take your pictures on Facebook and for Instagram and let's post and let's run ads targeting people in the area and this and that, whatever. And let's do this and that and work with influencers. Truth of the matter is a lot of those general stat strategies for the restaurant space, they don't work. And they're not, the problem with them is they're, they, they're not trackable and they're just not that effective overall. As we've dived in, dove in, so dove deeper into this space, what I've learned is, man, there's a lot more problems in this space than I thought. The biggest problem that we solve in the restaurant space is that we can track ROI, which is something that for most people is, is literally impossible for them to do. They, they literally, they spend thousands of dollars every single month and they don't know if what they're doing is working at all, which is crazy, right? Crazy to me. But you know what else is crazy? Is that for a restaurant franchise to find, let's just say, a new, a new buyer to open a new franchise, generally speaking, costs them, let's just say on average, $20,000 plus to find a buyer. So that's something I'm also looking into right now is how can we help restaurants find new franchisees to expand their franchise business? So that's going to be one of my high ticket items. I'm sorry. We're going to start offering probably the next few months, honestly. So we're working on it right now. But the thing is, going back to your question, you don't know these things until you go niche. You, you know, you don't know what you, tell, what you don't know. You, you, got, you got to go niche to be the expert. And once you become the expert, it's amazing what you start seeing. Like it, it, it really, really, really becomes crystal clear. Like I see things that no one sees. I can walk into a restaurant and see things that they don't see. I can see opportunities that other people don't see. And yeah, we have competitors. We have people starting to catch up to us in, in some regard to what they offer. And you know, that's cool. I, I, like I welcome the competition. I love it. It, it, it drives me, but no one's close to what we're going to be doing next three, six. It, it just, you, you got to stay ahead of the curve. And that's the other thing. You, you have to continue evolve and moving in your space. You, you can't sit still. As an agency, technology changes, obviously. You have to stick up with this. You have to stay up to date with this technology. You have to make these changes as possible. And, and that's how you stay competitive, obviously. But you never get that if you don't go niche. You know. Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast so I can focus on getting my clients' results and building a successful and profitable agency. If you're looking for a new CMS, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more info at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. I was talking with somebody in the last few days and they were they were kind of patting themselves on the back they said something like oh man i'm so glad that we didn't go you know that we didn't niche down because you know my diversified clients have helped me you know float through this crisis and while there might be some short-term truth to that and uh you know obviously they might not be dealing with the same level of pivot or you know change or challenge that that you guys are dealing with, I think long-term, and I think this crisis is going to push companies to seek out specialists even further. Like while maybe if you're diversified, you didn't get like the punch in the face that people that are in a, in a hyper niche did. 
at the same time, I almost, I'm, I'm personally like thankful that I got the punch in the face because it's making me innovate. It's making me change. It's making me push myself. Whereas if I had like a really diversified client base and I was like, well, we're doing good. We, we quote unquote diversified. Right. And we're like, this isn't impacting us at all. Like if anything, that's almost going to become like a complacency issue. And then in three months, six months, like a lot of those businesses that are working with generalists, I think they're going to shift even harder to work with specialists. Like I can't imagine a restaurant that's opening in the next six to 12 months that would be okay working with a generalist agency that doesn't understand the unique challenges that restaurants are facing today. Like I think that they're only going to want to work with people like you. Yep. One of the number one uh, objections that I get to helping people with niching though is they say, well, won't my clients, you know, be, you know, not want to work with me because I'm potentially working with my competitors. And I'm like, yeah, but they, that's why they want to work with you is because you know what's going on in this market. I mean, do you get that with any restaurants? Like, you know, oh, you guys are working with my, you know, my competitors. So I don't want to work with you. I'm going to hire some random freelancer that doesn't know restaurants. Well, so that's, what's also cool about the restaurant space is first of all, there, there's, there's so many of them. It's stupid, right? It's, it's, it's crazy. Even if half of them shut down the, the pot of, of potential clients that we could dive into is just massive. Now, the other thing though that's cool about the space is, well, there are local businesses. So I can have hundreds of restaurants all over the world and none of them are really competing with each other. Kindly speaking, the only ones that are competing with each other are within a few miles, right? I mean, we, we you know, at our, at our height, we had 180 restaurant concepts in three different countries. And so almost never did we have a situation where they're actually directly competing against each other, which is why the Facebook group is so cool. I mean, people are actively helping each other. I mean, I got a client in, in Colorado that did extremely well during COVID and he's sharing advice on our podcast and he's talking about this and that, and he's happy to help our other clients because he's like, dude, I'm in Colorado. Who, who, what do I care about a restaurant in New York? What do I care about a restaurant in California or the UK for the matter, you know, or whatever the case. So it's, it's for them, it's okay. Now it has happened sometimes though, where someone says like, Hey, like, you know, I, I know you got a restaurant down the street. Like Texas for us is a really great state. Texas for us, absolutely kicks ass. People love to eat there. The ads are cheap. It's great. right? <laughs> so um, we have some situations where restaurants are fairly close to each other. At the end of the day though, it's like an ice cream shop versus a steakhouse. Like they're not competing, right? Now, if clients do really not want us to compete with anyone in the area, we do have an exclusive agreement. So basically a client can sign up for a 12 month agreement with us. If they sign up for a full year, we will not work with anyone within three miles of their store location. But honestly, for the most part, I haven't had that much of an objection to this. I mean, it's people see a lot more value in us being niche than, than anything else. And what's interesting too, first of all, I've, there's only, in my opinion, a handful of agencies that have really scaled past seven figures as generalist agencies or multi seven figures, right? And what's funny is the ones that I, I have come across, I've spoken to these generalist agencies, they don't like working with restaurants. It's like the one, it's like the one industry they don't want to touch because, you know, restaurants have a lot of, a lot of negative stigma towards them. People think, oh, the, the margins are crap. The restaurants aren't making money, you know, terrible business, lots of turnover. They go out of business all the time. Well, that's like every industry, honestly, a lot of industries fail. You just, maybe in the restaurant space, you, you see it more often than the other online businesses because they never even get off online, right? They never, they never really make it. The restaurants is right there in front of your face. You see these things go in and out of business all the time. Yes, the restaurant space, in my opinion, needs a lot of fixing. And I think, you know, COVID is going to correct a lot of these problems that they had. Like 
you know, some restaurants who are operating on these razor thin margins of 5%, like that's not how you run a business. That, that, that is just, that's really, really tough. And so I think there will be some course correction for, for sure. But a lot of agencies are, are pretty much scared of working with restaurants for all these reasons. And I, and I welcome it. I mean, I, I really want to help these people. I love working with restaurant owners. I think they're the coolest people in the world to work with. They're super exciting. They're super fun. They're super social. They're go-getters. Um, and, and, I, and I absolutely love it. You mentioned earlier about that market language, and I I love hearing that. So, so I mean, when when I was running my agency for thirteen years, I mean, restaurants were kind of the the market that we ended up scaling with before we sold that business. And I think that when I hear yeah, people I say, "Yep, you know, well, aren't, aren't you know, people aren't going to want to hire me because I'm potentially working with my customers," like the language that you've learned and mastered. I just feel like it's such a, even just the language, like knowing what, how their business functions, knowing how they make money, knowing, you know, the ins and outs of their, their business model. Like if you're standing in the room with a generalist agency, like even if there's that com- competition thing on the table, and I love your, the, the, the 12 month agreement, like push them to, to sign a, a bigger deal with you uh, and, and give them a, some kind of constraint, like a three mile radius. I love that. But I feel like if you're standing in a room with, uh, a restaurant owner and, and just, you know, you're never like pitching like a shark tank concept, but like if you were pitching head to head with a generalist agency, I feel like it would just be so night and day. And that's one of the things we coach people on all the time is like, just imagine that you were pitching next to somebody that didn't know that market language, didn't know how those businesses ticked and didn't have like a master's degree in that, in that market. Like you're going to smoke the generalist. And even in, even in times of challenge like COVID, like you're just going to come across as being so much stronger than, you know, somebody who isn't niched. And I think that's such an important message for our, our listeners to take away from, from today's, from today's show. Um, is there any advice that you'd give to to agencies that are still kind of on the fence about going all in within a market? I mean, I I would say this. I mean, if going back to generalist versus niche, right? If you're a generalist and you actually start scaling a team, you got to teach your team so many different skill sets in order for them to do the job effectively. When you go niche, you can teach them literally one thing. The scalability is just ridiculous. I mean, we can, we can right now, we can comfortably put anywhere between 25 to 35 restaurant concepts with one account manager. That would be literally impossible to do as a journalist agency, all the different things you do. Our system is so refined that we can get a campaign live in a few hours from scratch, honestly, if it really came down to it. I mean, it, it literally, and, and our stuff is, is really complex stuff, but it's so refined, it's so systemized. I tell people this is that you don't build businesses, you build systems. You build good systems. And if you can build the right system, you can you can scale it. But without a system, man, you're 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 gonna be stuck, you know, at the the hundred, couple hundred grand, you know, place per year. That's that's it. You'll never you never grow past that. And maybe, maybe that's okay though. Maybe you want to stay a small team of one, two, maybe three people and hover around that place. And that's nothing wrong with that. For me, I just my my goal is is to I I really want to be the biggest and the best on the planet, and I don't I want to crush my competition. I mean, I want to get this thing really really big. We got a software product we're launching. We got we got so many big things coming this year, and um, my 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 goals and aspirations are much bigger than than just you know being generalist, staying small, whatever the case. I would say, yeah, again, you, you don't go niche. You, you know, it's just going to be very very tough to grow. And you can do it, but it's just why why put yourself through that when you can go niche? It's such a good option. Brett, this has been an awesome conversation. This is like my favorite topic among all topics. Congrats on 
the uh, the upcoming SaaS. Congrats on your book. Congrats on taking this opportunity to think even bigger versus you know pulling back. And and I love this conversation around niche. Are you ready for our lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. What is the best advice you've ever received? I would say this is actually this is a recent one. It's internal happiness. It's it's if you you got to be happy internally, intrinsic happiness with yourself before you you can go chase and go and be happy. If you continue chasing some external factor to make you happy and make you feel successful and at home with yourself, you're you're, you're chasing something that's not there, and you're going to be an unhappy person. I mean, I you know I I've I've been I've been pretty close to broke, and and I and and now I consider myself you know doing well, but my overall happiness has never changed because of the money. It's, it's changed because of my overall internal happiness. And I think a lot of times with entrepreneurs, they get so stuck in chasing this goal, chasing this dream and chasing something that they don't have. And when they chase that, they, they create a lack of that thing. And then that makes them unhappy. And then they wonder why they're unhappy. Well, that's why. So yeah, find internal happiness. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? My morning routine. Oh my God, my morning routine is, is the most important thing that I do every single day. Uh, I think without a morning routine, a solid morning routine, you, you, you don't own your day. You miss your morning, you, you lose your day. That's just how it works. Every single morning I wake up about 6 a.m., pour myself a glass of water with a little Himalayan sea salt, apple cider vinegar, and a splash of lemon. I chug that. Um, I do a little workout in the morning after that. I meditate. I read for about 30 minutes. I write in my journal for about 10 minutes. I have a coffee and then I hit my office. Um, and doing that routine every single day gets me right, gets me focused and, and helps me have the best day. Can you share an internet resource tool or app that you use that you think our listeners will find valuable? Yeah. So the one I got recently, uh, it's called Anchor. It's, it's actually how I created my podcast. And man, this thing is the coolest app ever. It, <laughs> well, actually, I'll give you two. Anchor is just the, the best app for making a podcast if you want to make a podcast. And by the way, podcasts are so awesome for agencies. I think it's one of the coolest things you can do. Number one. That's why I love, I'm, I'm stuck to do this podcast too. Uh, but that the second one I love using, especially during COVID is Voxer. Voxer is an app where essentially it's like a walkie talkie app. I don't know if you've heard of it, but I love using it because I'm such a, um, I'm such a vocal person. I hate texting. Honestly, I hate, I hate it. And so if I need to talk to one of my employees real quickly, I can quickly just send them a voice message they can send me a voice message. I can, I can broadcast a message to my whole team at once. I can send it to just my sales team, whatever the case. So it's a great way to stay in communication, especially during this time when everyone's working remote. And what book would you recommend and why? I would say w- one of the best books, though, that, that I think can help a lot of different people, and especially those who are trying to build a business, run an agency, is, is Never Split the Difference, uh, Negotiating as If Your Life Depended on It by Chris Voss. It's, it's a book, obviously, on negotiation. But what's so cool about this book is this guy basically was, was, was basically negotiating with hostages to, to save lives. Okay, So he was a negotiator trying to save people's lives who were hostages. He then applied these same principles to the business space, especially in sales, right? And absolutely just completely destroyed people. And it's just really, really, really interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating reading a second time this month, actually. It's an incredible book that I think every, every, every person in business could, could get a lot of value from as far as negotiating. It's incredible. 
Well, Brett, we'll make sure to link out to Never Split the Difference that has come up on our program before. So I love when we have those repeat book recommendations to hammer that home, that if those are the books that are moving our audience or moving our our guests, I'm sorry, uh, then those are the books that our audience should definitely check out. So go to our show notes page if you're on the road or on a run or like me on a bike ride and check that out, yougurus.com slash podcast. We're going to link out to Never Split the Difference Anchor, Voxer, have lots of tools, tips, and takeaways from this episode. Brett, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah. Um, my my Instagram is, is is a great reference for me. It's just it's just my name at Brett Linkletter, B-R-E-T-T-L-I-N-K-L-E-T-T-E-R. I've also recently got on TikTok, same username. I'm uh hesitant to see how long I'll have it or not, but I post a lot about business tips on, on both platforms. Um, and then my Facebook is just uh, Mr. Brett Linkletter, MR, and then Brett Linkletter. Uh, and then obviously our website, uh, just misfitmedia.com if you ever want to learn more about us in general. Are you doing dance videos on TikTok? I I, I, I refuse to do the dances on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I will not do the dances. Well, Brett, we will uh, we'll also link out to all your social profiles. So if you are uh, you know listening to this and you're like, wow, that was a lot of things that he just went through in terms of different ways to connect with Brett uh, and follow up with him, definitely check out their website at Misfit Media. But we'll organize all that stuff in a nice package for our listeners. So if you want to follow Brett, if you want to support them, if you want to learn more about their agency, check that out, yougurus.com slash podcast. If you're listening this week of Brett's episode will be right up there at the top with a cool photo so you can see what Brett looks like and what their uh, what their team is all about. Check that out at our show notes page. Brett, you are always welcome back on this program. I love this conversation of niche. I love what you guys are doing and um, you know, just awesome to hear from you and best of luck with everything that you're doing at Misfit Media. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale the multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.